Chief Medical Officer's personal log. Stardate 2341.6. The Enterprise is conducting a routine survey of the Genesian Nebula. There isn't a great deal for sickbay to do, so I've been continuing my own research. The patient's condition has not improved. Months have become days and have become hours. Every minute has become invaluable. She has so little time left. Strange new takes. I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, shining bright lights into people's eyes to try to determine if we're in the mirror universe is my sister, Emily Bowen Marlar. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we are covering the eighth episode of Strange New Worlds, The Elysian Kingdom. Thank you for reading uh, the the title card and not the uh, the notes, which is still talking about the previous episode. There, Emily. I usually change it. I totally forgot. I was too busy talking about current events. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media. That's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast and give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts because the ego trip is just that amazing. And uh, yeah. Well, and also wanted to let you know that um, if you haven't seen the Elysian Kingdom, you may want to go watch it because we're totally going to spoil the episode. Heck, we may even spoil it in like the next minute or so. Um, But we also may spoil other episodes of Star Trek because we've watched them all. So we may talk about, you know, random ones from the past because, you know, it could be that current Star Trek episodes somehow are influenced by former Star Trek episodes, and that may come up. So. Uh, and, and I just want to uh, take a, a momentary pause here uh, to thank, give a special shout out to Gildara, uh, who just became our first Patreon uh, supporter. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever mentioned that we even have a Patreon. I don't think it's linked anywhere. So Gildara, props to you for even finding that it existed. Uh, and just very much appreciate uh, you supporting us. It's uh, had no idea this was this would be a thing that would happen. So uh, yeah, just cool. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so we are here to chat today about uh, the eighth episode of the first season, as Emily said, uh, called The Elysian Kingdom. It first aired on the 23rd of June, 2022, uh, the the last happy day uh, in the United States of America. Mm. Uh, And uh, it was written by Akilah Cooper and Onitra Johnson. Uh, It was directed by Amanda Row or Rao, uh, I did not practice these people's names ahead of time, so sorry to the, them, uh, because I probably mispronounced something. Uh, the in-universe date was 2259, and as Notch likes to remem- uh, remind you that just like whose line is it anyway, the star dates do not matter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're starting off with our strange new takes as always. So Emily, do you have anything to uh, have a take on? Well, you know, I, I have to, you know, I, I don't know that maybe some of you who listen to our podcast haven't been able to glean our, um, political leanings. Um, but you know, I just have to say there's something, something, um, that's been really strange about occurrences that have happened in our nation recently. 
is that we don't ever get time to celebrate the good news that happens before things come crashing down around us all over again. So it's just like this roller coaster of emotions because there was some legislation that was sent to the president's desk that I was excited about, but I couldn't be excited about it because of other news that broke. And it also reminds me of January 6, 2021, when I started off the day singing Georgia, Georgia. And then a few hours later, I was watching the news in horror. So, you know, those were the same day, weren't they? They were the same day. And so, yeah, living in the United States is an emotional roller coaster. So there's my strange new take on life. My strange new take for this episode this episode was kind of a weird roller coaster as well, although I don't know that I was necessarily emotional over it. But um, which is not something that should be said about an episode that dealt with what should have been a more emotional uh, topic. Anyway, yeah. we'll get into it a little more as the episode goes on. But it was an interesting episode. Yeah, I so for for my strange new take, uh, definitely echoing <laughs> Emily's feelings in a, a, a lot of places here, and uh, yeah, I just want to basically give a uh, uh, just send send some uh, some empathetic feelings and whatnot to basically everyone who is having to uh, kind of have their life thrown up uh, in into kind of uncertainty kind of regardless of uh, whether this is something that you're uncertain because of a situation you are literally in right now or just something that you're worried about your friends uh there are follow-on uh bits of uh, uh legislation and uh court rulings that are going to affect uh or could potentially affect a huge number of people uh even if we're if it's not specifically what was covered uh mm-hmm. on friday but um, this this is an uh, unsettling time for a lot of people. And um, yeah, just thinking about everyone who's who's going through that. Uh, yeah. I know I've got my own uh, things to be thinking about. So um, for the episode itself, though, uh, I think, uh, you know what? Strange New Worlds has earned the right to have a bad episode. Uh, <laughs> this one was was just uh, uh, silly and bad in just the way that all sorts of other weird TOS episodes are. So in, in, in a sense that I, I, maybe I can't criticize it because it's, it is uh, fully in the form of season three <laughs> of uh, the original series. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Although I will say it didn't enrage me as some of the episodes in season oh, three yeah. of the original uh, series. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel rage. That was one emotion I did not feel while I was watching this episode. (laughs) Mbenga did not uh, walk into, uh, was that the cargo bay or the shuttle bay or wherever it was that Queen Queen Nev was? It was the cargo Uh, bay. I was confused about that too, but I think it was the cargo bay. There was no mention that like women weren't allowed to be rulers (laughs) and that's why he he needed to oppose her or anything (laughs) like that. So uh, at least there's that. Thank you Mm -hmm. for uh, uh, not being written in the 60s. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the episode summary for today uh, is uh, uh, short and sweet from Memory Alpha. It's the USS Enterprise becomes stuck in a nebula that is home to an alien consciousness that traps the crew in a fairy tale. And that's exactly what 
happens in the episode. This this is not one where we're we have to pull any punches about like hiding what it is that's going on. That's that's what's going on, and it it went how you would imagine it did. Even it was if, if you're for some reason listening and you haven't re- watched the episode, that's that's what happened. Yep, exactly. It was not a complicated story at all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I guess we we started off uh, right away by. Uh, uh, seeing Mbenga and his daughter uh, kind of uh, uh, getting into, uh, uh, well, I guess essentially where the Enterprise is in a nebula and uh, Mbenga is a little bit bored and uh, so therefore has been working on trying to cure his daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, th- did were you expecting anything along the lines of <laughs> uh, how, how that the arc of uh, curing Rukia was going to go? No, I mean, they, what the hell happened two episodes ago, what, two or three episodes ago, when the doctor from uh, Majala... Majala, yeah, yes. ...gave Uh, him information about, he said, I can't give you a cure, but I could share with you, you know, let me take a look at the file, I could probably share with you some things that can get you along the way. Um, Did they just forget that that happened? Like... (laughs) I, I I just yeah. I, I mean, I understand that these these are more episodic, but they're not that episodic. I mean, they still do somewhat. Refer- although I guess no one I, did reference that there was a child sacrificed on that planet, you know, last week. Yeah. But but well, still, but, the, but the, they even had Elder Gamal in the previously on Star Trek uh, for today. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, yeah it, so it was I, just I, yeah, it did it did not make sense. Like I don't feel like I don't know. And yeah, then it, he did that thing with the where he was mixing stuff together and then like drugged him. I thought he drugged himself, and that's what at first that's what I thought he was hallucinating. Yeah, and, um, and I think I think maybe that was sort of well. It, uh, I think it's possible that that did have some sort of effect. We we mm-hmm. we assume we initially assume that that is because he is uh uh yeah he might be hallucinating because of the drug. I'm wondering if the QND three or whatever it is that uh, he accidentally spiked himself with, mm-hmm. uh, if that prevented uh, the uh, uh, prevented Deborah uh, uh. from uh, taking over his mind. Oh, that could be. That could be. You know, I did think it was pretty cool when, you know, the mixture of the drugs created a compound that was toxic or whatever, that immediately there was a force field put around it. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's so, yeah, because we're we're getting a little <laughs> bit of a, uh, a, a I mean, you, you see the science happening in the way that it does in like the, the original series. I'm pretty sure we see Bones mm-hmm. pull out like vials and jars yeah. and, and uh, things like that uh, back then, too, even if that uh, feels very bizarre to uh someone who grew up watching like next generation and uh and voyager and whatnot it usually it's just i push uh uh i push on the magic box the magic box uh goes beep boop boop and then uh at the climactic point of the episode it spits out the thing although we do have that episode where uh beverly crusher has the those little round things that have some sort of fungus or or moss or something growing in them. And that's how they're able to tell that they're caught in a loop because there's been more growth in those uh, yeah. uh, things that anyway. So, so that's one episode that I remember where it seems like old school kind of science that's happening, <laughs> you know? 
uh, also or known as laboratory, actual science, old school laboratory <laughs> experiments. It's, it's not just shouting science. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Math, science. They love to do that in new Star Trek. They, they, they really do. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if, uh, Dr. Bashir ever had to shout science. No. Uh, or anything yeah. Like, like I was saying this earlier, but you know, I mean, clearly, uh, new, new iterations of Star Trek are, are responding to the major attack that science and math are under right now in our society. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't think science felt like it was quite so under attack in the nineties. So yeah, Bashir didn't have to go. Science is great. You know, or, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as we talked about in previous episodes, like a lot of things were were different in the '90s in terms of how how Trek was able to, uh, like, it, even the the situation. Like we talked about uh, the episode where they went to the the year 2024 for the um, uh, the Bell yeah. riots. Uh, how it's interesting that it like '90s Trek. It probably it kind of like didn't occur to them to have uh, as much of a storyline focusing on like Bashir. Uh, uh uh being middle eastern in uh la and whatnot right. uh San Francisco. When, yeah or yeah san francisco but it, it's like that uh that would absolutely be uh, uh one of the topics if it was uh kind of like an enterprise uh type episode or, or right. something even now right that's true that's true although it was they still did have the commentary that the two non-white yes. looking characters were the ones that ended up in the sanctuary district as yeah, a, but you know, in, in terms the of the white woman didn't, but yeah, it, it was much more subtle in the right. way that the the episode handled it. Right, uh, it would have been much more overt had it been written ten years later, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so th- th- this this episode, uh, I, I guess we're, since we're talking about uh, Deep Space Nine, I, I, <laughs> I'll I'll point out I I saw that uh, I can't claim to have seen this myself in the uh, the screen cap, but I saw on Reddit uh, uh, that. Uh, if you look at, if you pause on the image of him opening up the book, uh, the Elysian Kingdom, you'll see that it's written by Benny Russell. Nice. Uh, so it is real. Uh, uh, he did create it. So uh, nice, nice. Yeah. So the, I, I, I want to want to see. We should see that episode again. I, I don't think we've covered that in our um, as one of our episodes I yet. Don't think we have. Yeah. So. Uh, in the year the 2027, when we finally have a break from new Star Trek, uh, we should uh, give that one a watch on our Did you know they tossed podcast. around having that be the ending of Deep Space Nine? Like having Benny Whoa. walk away or something, like to make it seem as though Deep Space Nine wasn't real. And they're like, no, we can't do that. People would be up in arms. Uh, that, that, that was they're like, okay, no, let's save that for for another Enterprise, series. exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's a that's a good oh one. Every, everyone always loves it when they when the whole series turns out to have been a dream. Right, right, yeah. That's that's a really smart way to do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I I appreciate the the, the subtle nod. Uh, I I guess I I wish I knew a little bit more about. Um, I mean, obviously, we get from the visuals of this book that uh, uh, we can see how. Benny Russell would have wanted a story that's sort of written this way where it's it's very clear that the the conflict is not necessarily or it doesn't center so much around uh that like black people can't be rulers or or mm-hmm. things like that like he uh part part of Benny Russell's 
uh, ideal of like the sci-fi that he wanted to write was uh, one where you could have a diverse crew uh, under a black captain be on a uh, kind of a space station uh, mm -hmm. situation. And uh, so we, we at least get that in sort of the representation and the art. Uh, but I, I guess I would be interested maybe to dig a little bit deeper in, in sort of the narrative of the story uh, we we just get kind of very basic sketches of it uh, yeah. uh, in the previous episodes, and then uh, sort of as it plays out here. Because is is that the story he's reading her every time he reads to her throughout the series? Yeah, yeah, like, it, it, it is. Uh, they, and they, they've, I'm trying. I think they've even shown the book before. Okay. Uh, so uh, I don't know if we've we've gotten the seen the full cover where it says mm -hmm. the Elysian Kingdom and uh, Benny Russell, but mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, well, I I guess. Uh, we might as well just like continue on with with the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, uh, Mbenga gets uh, gets called to the bridge uh, by uh, well, someone I don't I don't remember who. It's Pike because it's he gets Pike. called to the bridge because um, Erica Ortega gets hit. She falls over under a console and gets hit really badly and yes. is injured after, after uh, failing to uh, have the warp phrase uh, work properly. Uh, right. Right. But yeah, so the the episode was uh, yeah. It, we we quickly get into the uh, oh something is afoot, uh, and I, I I did appreciate sort of the uh, I think that one of the first things that uh, that he says is what the hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, how did how did you uh, how did you like the 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 setup when we we get into the bridge? Uh, yeah. So I will say now, while this is not, I, I agree with you, this is not a great episode of Strange New Worlds, but I will say I did find many aspects of this part of the story to be humorous yeah. um, and uh, how sniveling Pike was, was pretty hilarious. <laughs> and the voice that he would put on when he was like, you know, like, oh, like when you'd have to summon someone was pretty hilarious and how um just like the look on his face i was like oh my gosh like several times throughout the episode i said to travis oh my gosh they must be having so much fun playing yes. these characters that are just so different from i mean so i would say pike and um oh gosh i just forgot her name christina chong oh um, uh, laon and laon uh, playing princess those talia were, those two were the furthest from their yes. actual characters and I, it was pretty hilarious yeah it, it, it took me quite a while to actually be like oh wait this is laon that i'm looking at yeah. <laughs> i was just like i was like oh here's the entity from the nebula uh so that like that's why it makes sense it's a different actress uh she's going to be taking the taking this role and so we need to like uncover why you have turned yourself into corporate like oh no this is laon <laughs> it was pretty funny it was pretty funny yeah, yeah, Christina Chong. Uh, I mean, I, we've talked about this uh, before. Uh, that I mean, we've we've developed Laon a little bit over the course mm -hmm. of this series, but she's still mostly kind of a one note uh, uh, character, where it's it's mostly focused on like the the tragedy of her backstory. And yes, we mm -hmm. had we had some fun uh, with Laon and Number One in the. Uh, uh, the episode with the solar sail ship that was not nearly right. uh, big enough, but uh, <laughs> the, I guess, well, I, I, I will take that back. It's possible that solar sail is, is big enough uh, if it also has a warp field, because uh, if they can zero out the inertia 
while uh, having the solar sail, then perhaps you can get enough pressure for it to work. But that's a silly way to build a starship. Uh, uh, anyhow, um, yeah, I, 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 I will say that, yeah, it, it's sort of like a, as a whole, I don't know how I feel about the episode, but sort of individual moments, it was yeah. uh, absolutely hilarious seeing our <laughs> seeing the actors uh portray just like completely different people for sure um, well and you know and it was fun that um you know the character ortegas was playing and the character that um number one was playing were in a relationship you're like yeah. oh oh no we we know each other <laughs> I, <laughs> yes. I wanted one of them to say in the biblical sense <laughs> yeah yeah i, I, I had a sense of because they, they even had uh wasn't there I feel like there was some like uncomfortability in terms of like how out they were in in, right. in saying uh, how explicit things were. But uh-huh. number one, I think was about to describe exactly how how they knew each <laughs> how other, and how, knew, yeah. how they knew each other before Sir Adia was like, uh, please no. Yeah, so that was you know, so there were definitely I I enjoyed those aspects of it. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought you know it it was funny seeing Hemmer like when Hemmer's trying to um, do wizardry, you know. And he was like doing these weird motions, and Mpanga's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like he was like, "Just, just wait," you know. And then it, you know, he did get them to all disappear and make it look like you know he did some wizardry, and you know, so yeah. that kind of stuff was fun. It was fun to see Hemmer. You know, I mean, you find out that Hemmer is the only other character or character crew member that's yeah. not actually being influenced by the. Um, by the alien or sub- by, by Deborah, yeah. Uh, call, call her by right. her by her, okay, her, okay, full, yeah, her full I'll Christian call, name. I'll call her Deborah. <laughs> but um, he's, it's clear that Hammer is not being um, his his consciousness is not being controlled by Deborah. Um, but yeah, so that was it. Was just fun to see that, and um, you know, so so I enjoyed I enjoyed those aspects of it. You know, I mean, was it like? a stunning episode as far, you know, like I want to go back and watch it all the time because those parts were funny. No, maybe if I need a laugh, I can, and then I'll stop it at about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes before the episode ends and we'll be good. But, um, (laughs) so (laughs) not that I'm jumping ahead. I just kind of thought, you know, this first half we can talk about all the characterizations and stuff, and then we can tackle that ending in the second half of the of yeah, our stay, episode. Stay tuned. Uh, we have some thoughts. <laughs> we have some thoughts. We have not discussed our thoughts yet. We just kind of gleaned that we might agree, but we'll find out. We may not. Hey, you know, you may want to stay tuned because it may turn into a knockdown drag out because, you know, maybe we don't agree. But um, not that we've ever had a knockdown drag out in our entire life. <laughs> <laughs> probably not <laughs> anyway, we weren't the fighting siblings um no but uh let's i'm trying to think if there was another thing i was thinking with the i don't know anyway, I, I, what, I, did, so, yeah, I appreciated the uh, uh uh nurse chapel's uh response to uh oh, to princess talia as as well uh like it uh it's it, it was interesting like we're 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 keeping sick bay as sort of like the it's now like the apothecary type thing mm-hmm. although it it seems clear to me that uh in this version of the universe nurse chapel is just uh there to uh screw you out of your money or something like that <laughs> sort of the like oh i have detected that you have yeah. uh 
a deep depression that I need to cure you of or things yeah. like that. And, uh, uh, but I, I, I loved that she, she latched onto this, uh, this concept of dopamine. Yes. <laughs> like she have high levels of dopamine too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but what, I guess what, one of the things that's most important to me is, uh, uh, what are your theories about the dog? We, we have the, uh, the moment where, uh, he scans the dog and he's looking off to the left to see what the results of that scan are. Was that dog real or was he looking at scans showing him that there is no dog there? I think that somehow we're going to discover that La'an actually has a dog and there's a soft side to La'an and the dog helps her massage out her head at the end of the day, because she's got to have a raging headache from having her hair so tightly pulled back. <laughs> and so the dog kind of... <laughs> the tightest uh, French braid possible. Oh <laughs> and so I think maybe we find out that the reason she doesn't just totally explode everywhere is because she has this sweet, cute little Runa dog that she goes up to every day in her quarters. <laughs> yeah, which is Christina Chong's actual dog, uh, also named Runa, uh, but named Runa Ewok, uh, possibly for uh, obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, she has to have put an Ewok costume on that dog. I mean, uh, has to. I, I, I guarantee it. it uh, <laughs> I don't know if Christina Chong has an Instagram, but I feel like there's a reasonable chance that uh, if she does, that that dog has appeared in Ewok uh, uh, costume on that channel. Oh <laughs> and if goodness. not, uh, Christina go. Chong, I, I encourage you to do so this Halloween. She's totally listening to this podcast. Yeah, right now. Uh, one, one of our, uh, uh, for sure, one of our listeners. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll be our second uh, Patreon supporter, you know, so we, we can start getting that uh, that uh, Rod Roddenberry money. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, uh, let's see. We can, uh, I guess, um, I, I don't know. We, we've talked about the, the range that, uh, that Christopher Pike's hair has in previous <laughs> episodes, but how did you feel about it in this one? I mean, it totally was his character because it was limp. <laughs> and, um, and what was the word I said about, Oh, I had another word that I used to describe him, but I can't remember. But it was the perfect hairdo for him. <laughs> and I mean, come on, Gen Zers, really? This this I the middle part too. is the way to go. Like <laughs> this is proof that the middle part is not all it's cracked up to be. No, but but the thing is, it, it is possible that you and I just are not. Uh, our eyes are. Cl uh, we have the scales over our eyes, oh, uh, and we we are not able to see that this <laughs> that he's actually sexier now as uh, oh. uh, Armand Roth. Uh, uh, and, and that, yeah, the, this like, uh, upscale, uh, Dwight Schrute haircut is, is the way to go. But, you know, I have to say at the beginning of the episode though, it was the same as the beginning, as his hair was at the beginning of the, um, Majala episode where it's like, it's like there's a hard part and then it kind of does rise up a couple inches and go. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was not that way the first few episodes. So I don't know why they've shifted to this other one because it was better the first few episodes. I did it like I did like his hair when he was being beat up. That was good hair. Oh, yeah. But, it um, it sorry, goes goes down a little bit now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so. was OK. But this this like someone poured a bucket of water on his head and. It was just not a good look. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess so. It, even if if these episodes aren't aren't my favorite, maybe I can look forward to a different 
Pike haircut every time we have a silly episode. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I, I just, I wonder what other kind of directions this hair can go in. I, I, like, we could do, like, a mohawk uh, or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we could, we could like, pull it all straight down and just have it go down the center of his forehead. Or I, I don't even know what, what other crazy things we should try. Apparently, in real life, his hair goes in all directions. And he says his daughter has inherited this. And if you see pictures of his baby daughter... You will see this is true. <laughs> Her hair is like everywhere. It's hilarious. <laughs> and his wife commented on it too for on a Father's Day post that she made. She talked about how <laughs> clearly you have inherited your daddy's hair. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that really uh, stood. I, I so I'll, Spock I'll, looks I, cool with long hair. So I thought that was, you know, yeah. Uh, I, I I will say that uh, Uhura looked super cool as Queen yeah. Queen Nev. Like that, they they put a lot of effort into uh, that dresser and yeah. that uh, uh, costume and whatnot. Well, uh, and the costume designer said it was the most fun episode that, that I, she designed. That, that does for, not so. surprise me. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of these designs were uh, were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like the Crimson Guard uniforms, like clearly had a whole lot mm-hmm. of uh, uh, detail put into them as well. So. Uh, yeah, that, that was that was cool to see. Uh, I, I, I was a little bit weirded out at one section where uh, Zymira the Huntress maybe kills three people with arrows, uh, but uh, Mbenga doesn't seem to be concerned with it. So maybe maybe these were clearly like knockout arrows and and just uh, just through their shoulder in like a yeah. non dangerous place. But those people, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was that was strange. But sometimes we just need to uh, let let things go. So I, I I think we'll we'll let that one go. Um, let's see. A- anything else you want to cover before we get into the uh, the break, and then uh, we will uh, start talking about the ending of this episode. Mm, I don't. I don't think so. I think I kind of hit all the things that I enjoyed about the episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, we we had a bit about uh, the wizard Pollux. Uh, Spock is the wizard Pollux. I mean, great, great hair, hair and like makeup change for for Spock. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it's it's sort of a uh, maybe one of the weaknesses of of having like a. It's like our show is trying to portray like a kids, uh, like a kids story, but it's like a fake kids story that mm-hmm. that wasn't actually written by anybody. So it, it's it was Benny Russell. Well, yeah. Okay, sorry. He he created it and it's real, uh, but I yeah. A lot of these characters were just sort of like simplistic, probably by design. Mm-hmm. So we like we we knew that Spock betrayed them, but there there wasn't usually like a an actual like here's how he betrayed them. It was just like mm-hmm. Spock is now in the room saying I betrayed you, right? Unless uh, <laughs> that's twirling. Yeah. So. Uh, uh yeah so with with that i think we will uh uh give this one or we'll we'll take a quick break and then join us to chat about the ending your friend she wants you to go with her can you come too daddy you know how in the story king gridley has the mercury stone he wants to keep it it protects him makes him happy until he learns that it has a soul and that it will die 
if she holds on to it. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, not too much happened in that break there. Uh, as you can imagine, we were touching base about what we wanted to talk about later. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I realized that I hadn't covered uh, is uh, the bit. The shout out to Boltzmann Brains uh, in this episode. Emily, are you familiar with these at all? I am not. So, uh, dear listener, uh, someday, uh, as as far as uh, science can tell right now, uh, the universe will ex- will basically expand uh forever and get to a point where there's literally no more energy left in the universe and everything kind of just like gets sucked into a black hole and then the black holes die or it just uh they turn into uh uh white dwarfs turn into iron uh uh black dwarfs and then there's just kind of nothing uh at a certain Happy. point but uh, there is one fortunate thing is that uh, in a universe with infinite time and uh, uh, sort of uh, inf- therefore infinite possibilities in terms of just like random chance that can happen, uh, there is a sort of a philosophical argument that uh, it is possible for a, a brain uh, essentially to just pop into existence uh uh, even though it's incredibly unlikely, if you give it infinite time, it's possible that you could have a sort of the the right type of structure show up that you have an entity that uh, can think, but also an entity that thinks and then believes itself to have uh, lived within our universe. Uh, and possibly that is that that is more likely to have a situation like that than for the universe to have existed in the first place. So it's a very weird concept, uh, but it is one of those, like, maybe you can feel a little bit better if you're bothered by that at one point you're going to die and then everyone else is going to die. And then at some point, uh, nothing else will ever live again. But maybe we can have Boltzmann brains uh, uh, wake up and they can have their own universes going on. So so is that what the nebula was? The creature in the nebula? Yeah, that, that's that's what it's referring to. Is it basically mm. a a consciousness that spontaneously arises uh, out of random chance and chaos, and uh, they then kind of take liberties as far far as like for some reason that it becomes like an entity that actually persists and and changes and uh, reacts to the rest of the universe and gains omnipotent powers. But I mean, like, I guess given infinite time, maybe that can happen too. So. Uh, mm. that's just sort of, if you were wondering about, uh, Boltzmann brains, uh, that's, that's a little bit of a background on it. Um, uh, if you want to learn more, uh, uh, just look at some YouTube videos and whatnot, uh, or, or read it, read about it. It's, it's an interesting concept. Uh, there is a, uh, a YouTuber that I, uh, I've seen a few, uh, videos that they have a, I believe that the, um, uh, the series is called Civilizations at the End of Time. Uh, it kind of talks about different possibilities for how a civilization could survive uh, uh, pretty far into the heat death of the universe uh, when we we normally wouldn't expect uh, life to kind of continue on as normal on planets. So it's it's mm-hmm. cool to, to watch. Uh, it gives you some 
good existential dread though. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, let's let's get into this ending here. Um, just as the uh, as a reminder, listener, uh, we we get to the point where uh, I guess we we realize that the Mercury Stone all along was uh, uh, Rukia. I guess or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they, they, end, um, and Benga ends up going into his quarters. Rukia is there. And so is Hemmer. And they establish contact with, uh, with Deborah. And, uh, Emily, I think you have some, some thoughts here about, <laughs> uh, how this all went down. So, uh, just, uh, g- giving you the stage. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, let us um, know. it was just dumb. Um, <laughs> like it was, First of all, I don't know how old Rukia is supposed to be. Um, I'm really not great at judging ages, but mm. I would put her... I mean, she's pre-adolescent, so... 10? Yeah. 9? 10? That, does, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I, I don't I feel, feel like, like she's 12. Like I feel like she's younger than that, don't you think? I, I, I feel like maybe 11 at the most or something. Yeah. I, I, I'm, think, cause I, I'm thinking in terms of like the Stranger Things kids. Like... She might yeah. she might have been able to be in season one. Maybe, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So, and and granted, you know, I mean, my kid's four, so that's a big age difference. But I I don't feel like they were playing her as an older, like a no. an adolescent kind of kid that's yeah. like really questioning the universe and put you know like they didn't play her as that age. Um, if you were to ask my kid if he wanted to stay with me or if he wanted to go off forever to go with some alien species that and he would never see me again, the answer would be I'm going to stay with my mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that she chose and, and especially they don't ever show Rukia suffering. Like, like there is, she has this clear, apparently she has this deadly disease that's going to take her life very soon, but shows no signs of it. The only reason we know she has this is because Mbenga has told us over and over, but like, she doesn't ever appear to be suffering or in pain or anything like that, which, I mean, that could be because the medicine, you know, 20, yeah, like they're, they're so good at handling medicine the symptoms, is, but not the actual... Right, right. Yeah. so it can't cure her, but it can still make her feel okay. So, so you know, I'll give them that. But it was just... But it was like... So that, to me, would say, so then why would she choose to go off on this, you know, far away, never see my father again kind of situation over a seemingly... Like, I mean, yeah, she spent a lot of time in the buffer and she didn't get to, you know... But it wasn't like she wasn't aware of the time that she wasn't in. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as we know about her experience, she has uh, maybe been like, if she's if he's just reading like the same story to her, maybe Uh she's been in the buffer for like a few days from her perspective. Right. Right. It's just like, it sucks that your dad, your dad likes repeats himself for a few days. Right. And then. Right. So it just, so I feel like some of the lead up to it, but I feel like what happened was, they're like, well, crap, what do we do? We can't strap M- Mbenga with this sick kid all this time. We just need to find a nice, neat way to get rid of her and have it all be okay and be happy and, and free and fine. And so that's what they did. And yeah. it just felt like I'm, I, I just feel like it would have been such a bigger, 
emotional payoff if he was actually able to cure her or if there was some story that actually involved her and we see her with this alien being and then he's able to discover that she's cured or or, or something but it was like like literally we we see her at the beginning she has this disease we don't see her the entire episode all of a sudden she's at the end and he's like oh my gosh you're cured there's nothing wrong with you Oh, but you have to go with this alien if you want to stay. I, I don't know. I just thought it was so dumb and there was no emotional payoff. And I didn't believe that his child would make the choice that she did. Um, an adult might have made that choice, but I just feel like a child would not have necessarily made that choice. Nor should a child have, I, I, was is a child necessarily fully able to make that big of a choice like yeah yeah like not i'm not saying you shouldn't have children be involved in choices in their lives that's not what i'm saying but that's a that's that was huge um anyway it was just it was just dumb and it totally like any enjoyment that i had in the episode (laughs) before i was like (laughs) and when the episode was over travis goes well i guess it's okay for strange new worlds to have one bad episode (laughs) he's like i did that was my least favorite episode right there and i was like yeah it was not good yeah, so. I I I haven't looked at the IMDb ratings, but I, I've heard that <laughs> you're not alone. I'm going to look now. <laughs> I'm going to look now while that. you share your ideas because I know you loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's my take is that this is the best ending that's ever happened in Star Trek. Uh, well, really, so I think for me, what, what ends up being disappointing about this, the way that they ended this episode, is that I think we got pretty, like, I could see an alternative way of sticking with most of where this episode goes but i i think that we we kind of cut off the the emotional impact at the knees of what this episode could have had because uh i mean like an obvious parallel for what mbenga is going through is kind of anyone who is dealing with having a kid who has some sort of terminal illness or even not necessarily terminal illness, but just like they, they they're having to spend a lot of time in the hospital and you're just dealing with the uncertainty of like, how is this going to impact them throughout their life? Or are they going to be able to come out of this? Uh, uh, and I'm sure that that's especially hard if, if you find yourself uh, like as a physician uh, with some sort of specialty that maybe does feel tangentially related mm-hmm. that you, maybe you can start blaming yourself uh, because Maybe you could be someone who could do something about this, but uh, often science does not cooperate in the the timescales that would be necessary to be able to help somebody uh, in that situation. And so it's kind of like what what you said, Emily. It's it's a bit it's a bit unsatisfying that we, like we have that kind of obvious parallel, but we don't. I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not one to sort of. Uh, uh, advocate for us just going for like trauma porn or whatever in, no, in every, no. everyone's families but i i think that uh for instance an episode i mean maybe i i need to rewatch it and and realize that it, it i don't have this feeling about it anymore but the episode where uh the doctor and voyager has a uh exp- like has his own family yeah and uh i think it's his his daughter ends up hitting mm-hmm. her head or something like that mm-hmm. in an th- athletic competition mm-hmm. and she ends up dying mm-hmm. like like that is the the kind of story that I'm looking for if we're wanting yes. like a, a heavy hitting way of uh, just showing that like Star Trek can represent those stories for people too. And, and like, they did that in one episode, whereas yes. this is like the third or fourth episode that we've seen Rukia and they weren't able to manage that. Yeah. 
And so, so I, I think some of this is, I, I'm a bit disappointed that we we're like getting close to those kinds of parallels, but we just, we don't go all the way through. But I, I think that we still could have salvaged some of that with, uh, honestly, I, I'm most disappointed with this episode for for bringing Rukia back as an adult. Uh, that's what they did it because they just wanted to get it all wrapped up and taken care of and have no yeah. lingering effects. Yeah, and and maybe also make it that like uh, uh, if we want to have a random traveler character show up uh, in season three or whatever, uh, we can. Uh, but otherwise, this is done and we we're we're good. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Like for for me, I feel like we still could have been close to the parallel of like having a sick child and like trying to deal with this as a parent with um may maybe just letting Mbenga kind of deal with that uncertainty of like what happened to his daughter. Like or or like was was this death? Like what was this something or like is there a way for us to to try to uh for instance like uh I mean, I've I've never I I don't personally know someone who has who has like been in this situation, but uh, uh, at least uh, uh, in in my own experience, like when you when you know somebody who has dealt with cancer for a long time, something that that people who know them often will say is like there's some amount of relief that they'll express that uh, their suffering is finally over or or things like that, and I. I I, I feel like the episode could have gone at least close to something like mm -hmm. that with um, sort of the idea of like uh, him ha saying goodbye to his daughter and and kind of like releasing her into kind of the universe or something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, or at the very least, just ha letting there be that uncertainty with like, did he make the right choice? Because the rally is like you, you will never get to know in your own life if you made all the right choices. And there mm -hmm. are some times where you you do your best and that's kind of it. Uh, you mm -hmm. don't get to find out. Um, and I, I just, I wish that uh, they would have allowed some uncertainty here just to, it, I mean, obviously I don't want to see people suffer or whatnot, no, but it's, yeah. but it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I think that there's value in portraying stories where people kind of try, try their best and they, they kind of don't get to know what, what happens. And then we, there's more that we can explore in terms of like how he's dealing with uh sort of the the grief and uncertainty with all of that and uh i i feel like bringing her back three seconds later and saying like you made the right choice dad all all good here i am a famous uh uh a science fiction writer with my friend deborah uh is weird well and i i, I mean it really just feels like they had this cool idea for the episode back when we discover that Una is, um, I can't remember her species, but anyway, we discover, yeah, we discover that she's, um, what'd you say? I forgot it again. Illyrian. Illyrian. We find out that she's Illyrian. And then you find out that the reason it got through was because the medical transporter wasn't updated because Mbenga is holding his daughter in the buffer yeah. because she's sick and he doesn't want to get sick. So you find out this really deep thing about Mbenga and that was kind of a cool, not a cool, well, kind of a cool reveal. Like, oh, yeah. well, that's, in, you know, it's interesting. But then they really had no desire to tease that out anymore. They liked that idea for that yeah. episode and then just wanted to figure out some way to get rid of it. And at first I thought they were going to find the way to get rid of it with the episode where they were on um, 
Majala because yeah. they were just going to get her cured, which I would have been okay with, quite frankly. I yeah, would have been okay I, if they th- had found even, the cure there. And, and there, there was even like some sense of like the first servant. He like I, I was starting wondering like, oh, he seems to know a lot of science. Like, yeah, maybe he. Uh, is going to go the, against the wishes of his people and like use his powers as first servant to cure her and yeah. then or or like authorize a one off like that we're going to share because of this. Right, right. Yeah, I totally I mean, I, I would have been OK with that, but then they didn't do that. But they kind of tease out that maybe some of the knowledge he gets from the dude, I can't remember his name. Um, Elder Gamal, is, I believe. Yeah, Gamal is going to help. And then they do nothing with it. And then nope. they're just like, you know what? We just want to we just want to tie this up because we want to do stuff with Mbenga, but we don't want him to be sacked, saddled with this sad, sick kid and, and uncertainty. So let's just have her be cured and go gallivanting with the alien, but have her come back so he doesn't even need to wonder. He doesn't even need to feel anything about, yeah. about her being gone. Like It just felt like they just wanted to tie it up with this bow and have it completely removed so it never needed to be deal, dealt with again. Dealed with? Gosh. <laughs> that it never needed to be dealt with again. And... Yeah. Um, because they just didn't want to strap him down with that story. And it's like, well, then why did you put that story with him to begin with? Because you know what? You were the creators of the show and he didn't have to have that backstory. So. Yeah, it's anyway. it's like you, you wrote yourself into a bind and then immediately regretted it and didn't do anything about it. Right, <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just. I mean, we, we talked about this with um, with uh, some of the episodes in, in Picard season two where like they end up doing a cool thing with some of the storylines that mm-hmm. they, uh, that had been kind of floated around or, or, or whatnot. And so you can watch an episode and it, and it makes like a previous one that you're maybe feeling iffy about mm-hmm. feel better and you like yeah. it more. And honestly, I'm, I, I feel like I'm going to not like those episodes quite yep. as much because I know that it's just not going to go anywhere. Right. And, I agree. uh, and, and it's, it's just, um, I feel like, uh, Star Trek and science fiction in general, like, some of the best writing and stories that come out of it are, are ones that are where it's clear, like it's not science fiction that you're watching. Like you're watching the real world, like Mm -hmm. stories that are relevant today. And we just like, we got a little bit close to things that, that are are real day or real world kind of things here, but we just, we, we didn't really. And and so this just feels like a, it was just a weird fantasy episode that kind of doesn't go anywhere and doesn't end up with with any of the relatable outcomes. I, I uh, Notch and I had had mentioned like possible ways of resolving uh, Mbenga and, and his daughter's storyline, where like yeah, we're expecting her to get cured somehow, but maybe because this isn't a family ship, uh, he can't live with her anymore. Maybe that means that Mbenga has to exit the show because he is he is going to go stay with his daughter on a space station where it's safer or something like that. Or that uh, Mbenga has like family that she can stay with. And that it's sort of like a, now he's playing a a father who is uh, distant from his daughter and it feels guilty about like, there, there are more things that we could have explored in his character that would have been relatable to people. And instead we just like, well, she got sucked into a fantasy land and now we don't talk about her anymore. I just realized that this episode maybe did do a similar thing as Turnabout Intruder because it just 
totally nullified stuff that happened before that we thought was enjoyable and turn about intruder did the same thing for me because you know that declaration that women couldn't be captains i was like well this show effing sucks i hate star trek the original <laughs> series is the biggest pile of poop i've ever seen all because of that episode <laughs> that's not quite the same as this yeah. <laughs> but, they, they... But, it, but it is it does have that effect of where something that they did in this episode it kind of undoes some of the cool things about previous episodes. Yeah. Hmm. That, so, like, it, one thing that Turnabout Intruder does, uh, if you watch it, is that it makes you realize that uh, Star Trek, the animated series, is not the worst Star Trek that there is out there. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> many of its episodes exists. are better than that one. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Oh my gosh! Uh, cool. Uh, I think we we we've we've given our gotten our venting out of the way. Uh, so. uh, do you feel that way, Emily? Do you feel I do. do you feel I better? Do feel and weight has been way. lifted off of you. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I think a, a bit of trivia that I uh, I don't know if this really counts as trivia. Uh, uh, it's one of those if you blink you'll miss it. Uh, the map of the kingdom uh, that they're talking about as they're uh, they're planning uh, how they're going to I I don't remember find the Mercury Stone or interact uh-huh. with Queen Niv or something. Uh, uh, it's in the shape of the Enterprise, oh, uh, that's which is just uh, <laughs> delightful. But yeah, um, but 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 the whole thing was dumb. So <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, unless you have oh. any objections, yeah, uh, yeah. should we? going into ratings yeah yeah sounds good sounds good uh so yeah i i don't know if this is going to be a if this is a uh a mystery to you dear listener but uh this one this one gets gets a five from me um and it's not because i'm using emily scale <laughs> yeah um uh i think i'm gonna give it a three out of five only because I did giggle a little bit at Captain Pike and um, and Laon, so that yeah, would the, you know the scene with Laon that gets an eight from me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was the, that the was pretty great. <laughs> that was pretty great. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just, and I think that's. I, I don't usually. I, I think. I don't know. It's probably not the lowest I've ever given a show. So maybe I should give it like a two out of five. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'll stick with three out of five just because, you know, um, I had a cute puppy dog, but it just wasn't. It just wasn't great. I mean, the the reason that I gave it five instead of something lower is that I I gave the first episode of of Discovery season four, I think a four. Uh, And And I wouldn't I, I would rate this lower than any of the Discovery episodes. Hmm. But I, at least for for me, then I was mad. At, although I guess I was mad about this episode too, uh, with, <laughs> with the ending. But I, I just, I, I don't know. That that was just a a, a whole bunch of frustrating and in right, a, for, right. for several things. And right. this one is sort of more. I'm I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Right, right. Um, well, and the thing is, I was enjoying myself watching the episode for the first three quarters of the episode. It was just the last quarter that I was like, ugh. Yeah, I, I, so that's why. Yeah, I, I, I kind of as I was watching it, it was sort of like, oh, huh, that's 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 silly, that's funny, uh, <laughs> while not particularly caring about the details because I knew that they probably didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, what, what funny, what character would it be funny to see them in a different outfit? Spock. Oh, look, well, he's got long hair. 
<laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I think with that, uh, we can go into the end credits here. Uh, I want to give a thanks to my co-host, uh, my sister, Emily. Uh, yeah. Thank you for thank joining you. me today. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank uh, all of the people who are uh, not co-hosting with us today. I hope that you're having a great time. And the list of those people is uh, <laughs> Notch, Bill, Rudy, Max, and Dinah. I just hope that uh, taking care of yourselves today, uh, you're, you probably have a, a, a wide variety of uh, feelings, uh, just like everybody else. So uh, just hope hope that it's, it's going okay today. Uh, I want to give a thanks to you, uh, listeners, uh, just because you're honestly great. Uh, and Gildara, I'll give you another shout out again. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, thanks for, for sponsoring us on Patreon. I, and I want to give a thanks thanks to Jishnu Guha for our theme music. Uh, fabulous getting to hear him strum away on the guitar every single uh, episode. Uh, and also when I edit the past episodes together. I love uh, getting to line it up there with mm-hmm. uh, our intros and outros. <laughs> it's, it's a fun little game. Especially like it when I say theme music and I'm able to make it start playing the theme music right there. Nice. It doesn't always fit. But, uh, yeah, and I want to give a special thanks to Deborah. Uh, do you have any room in your fantasy realm for anyone else? Uh, we'd like to know. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.